Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast. This is Journeys with Jen, and I'm Jennifer Griego. And I climb like hell through the brush and the bramble. Even though I had my doubts, told myself don't look down. And I turned that hill into a pile of bramble. It was only a Today, um, I'm excited for this podcast. I'm here with Chris Denham, uh, Kevin Gein, and my mom, because my dad is not here right now. He's actually in Canada hunting. And today, we're just going to talk about hiking the Grand Canyon. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am... I kind of just started training to hike the Grand Canyon in March of 2020, and I'm doing it with the CF Foundation as an extreme hike, and we'll get into that a little bit more, but I want to talk to these guys because Chris and Kevin have done rim to rim to rim of the Grand Canyon multiple times, and my mom has done rim to rim twice, so I thought they'd be (coughs) very good people to talk to you about this, and so yeah, how's it going, guys? Uh, It's going well. Awesome. All right. So you, you guys are studs, <clears throat> rim to rim to rim, oh, yeah. either that or crazy or both. <laughs> a little bit of both, I think. Yes, <laughs> yes. I think it's probably closer on the, the crazy side. Is <laughs> yes, I think yeah. I would, I would every, say that. Every yeah. year when we finish, we all look at each other and go, ah, I don't know if I'm going to do that again. And then the next year, we're right back there doing it again. That's so, so funny. Yeah, exactly. I can exactly. relate because that's Jen, what, when I've Jen, done that. You go ahead. You said you're uh, you're starting to train now, like you weren't even starting. That to me is crazy because I can't even imagine going outside to hike right now. We're still it's so hot, hot here still, you know. I know it's so hot. So I did a, a little bit of hiking when we were at our cabin, but um, I haven't been up there since middle of July, and it's kind of middle of September. Well, crazy. Um, but I yeah. have been working out like in the gym, a little bit of treadmill, and kind of just like. Got weights it. and stuff so i obviously it's still it. like 100 degrees so way too hot yeah. to go hiking but <clears throat> once it cools down i'll be trying to hike with my friends every weekend and really get into it but yeah right yeah. now we're just yeah. kind of cool. it's so hot down here it's so hard to train mm-hmm. yes it is challenging when you mentioned um chris about you know when you finish your rim to rim to rim and you say oh my gosh you know you know why are we doing this and then you guys are up doing that again the next year I can say that for me, uh, each the two times I did it, it was maybe, um, you know, five miles, maybe three miles to the end of this. This is when I start, like, yelling and swearing about CF for many other reasons. But this one was like, I cannot believe I am doing this. And why am I doing this? I'm in the bottom of this canyon, climbing out of this thing for what? And, and then when we get up, we're just like this is glorious and it's just such a cool for us parents who have done the cf extreme hike it's been so awesome because we just take each step and think about our kids and realize the struggles that they have every single day we can endure one day Hmm. of great discomfort and challenge when we realize what these guys deal with every day so for that it's we we would do it uh, every other month if we had if (laughs) if we had to but anyway it's been really inspirational um, so when you guys do it, rim to rim to rim. Um, yeah, because imagine being at that point where you have five no. miles left, like, holy crap, this sucks, and then being like, okay, well, we're almost halfway done. No, God, no. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think our extreme yeah. will go that extreme. No. <laughs> no. 
for sure. Um, yeah, it's definitely not definitely not easy though. I mean, going still halfway or or, or mm-hmm. doing really anything related to the Grand Canyon. I don't think there's an easy uh, trail in that place, no matter how far you're going. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Really excited now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just scared Jennifer because uh, we're just gonna keep telling her. But everybody, as you guys know, when people go, I'm gonna go rim to rim, and then they maybe don't start training until like maybe a month before. Oh, I think I'll be all right, and and or they have stud athletes that that do it and they don't have a whole lot of training, but then they just don't get the hydration part going, doing that right, yeah. and then it's it's just amazing how much how many factors are involved to get to make that hike successful. It's, it's just really interesting. So that's why Jennifer wanted Definitely. to have you guys on so you can kind of share with us and mm-hmm. the listeners about um, what it takes sure. to do a rim to rim. Yeah, and I kind of yeah. wanted, like, be real, because I'm trying to tell my friends, like, this is hard. We're not doing rim to rim. We're just doing, like, 17 and a half miles long, like, the south rim of the canyon, which is still mm-hmm. a lot, but not quite as hard as mm-hmm. rim to rim or as long as rim to rim. But it's just as hard, though, because yeah. I think you still go up and down. Because you're still going up and down. And I'm like, guys, like, you need to train. Because, like, it's not easy. And so I kind of want to talk to you guys. Well, I want to talk to you guys anyway to kind of, like, have you guys help me train. But I felt it'd be good to do a podcast on it so I can send it to my friends. Like, this is not, like, easy. And if anything, overestimate it and not underestimate it going in. So, um, yeah, well, first of all, how many miles is rim to rim to rim? And how long does it take you guys, like, on average? Uh, well, so I think so the distance, and correct my mom, I think it's 47.5 miles, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that like what yeah. we calculated? 47 and a half, and, uh, you know, it varies uh, time-wise. You know, I, I think it depends on the year, weather-wise, but anywhere from 18 hours, you know, 15 hours to like 24 hours, really, is how long it'll take, uh, you know, different people in our group. Um, super weather-dependent, because, you know, like last year... Mm-hmm. Um, last year was so hot at the bottom, and it really took a toll on everyone's pace and just overall, you know, performance. So everyone was much slower than they had been in the past, um, just because the the, hate, the heat's real. You know, it just slows you down in every way. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a long day, no matter how you cut it. But I think the heat can definitely change things for you too. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've done it. I it doesn't render in the rim. I, I feel like in what, one time I did it, I think the the conditions were absolutely perfect. It was kind of overcast. Uh, it was damp. The air was damp because it actually it snowed on uh, up on high uh, up on top of the rim the night before. So the air was super clean. The trail was just nice and compact, and it was cool. And I did it in about twenty hours. And then one year I did the opposite, like worst case scenario as far as for heat. And it took 27 hours. Wow. Oh, my right. gosh. Heat, uh, heat is just, I, I, after doing it this many times, I feel like training is absolutely mandatory, obviously, mm-hmm. to be able to complete it. But the amount of time it's going to take you has more, way more to do with the temperature than it actually does your physical conditioning. And I should just die in a canyon. That's, that's not good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And what month do you guys yeah, do it, typically? Uh, we do uh, April generally. Yeah, the, generally the last week of April is kind of the uh, Dave Martin, who's kind of our our master. He uh, mm-hmm. just looked at the temperatures over the years, and these the last week of April is generally the least likely where you're going to get a snowstorm, um, and least likely you're going to have a heat wave. But you can have both. You know, yeah. we've had we've actually had both extremes, but uh, it's like spring weather anywhere. 
you, you, you never quite know, but that, that weekend, that last week in April, seems to be one of the most reliable weekends for to avoid the extremes. Mm. The thing for yeah. even whether you're doing rim to rim to rim or doing rim to rim, is you're going from 6,000 feet or 6,500 feet down to around 1,000 feet and then up to 8,000 feet. You're going through all those, you know, all that elevation change, you know, and it can be, you can have snow up on top and it could be 105 in the bottom. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, you have every extreme of the, of, of the heat, yeah. you know, the heat wind yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the main reasons I didn't... Well, I wanted to do rim-to-rim originally, but the CF Foundation does it in June, and I was like, that is way too hot. Like, I cannot do rim-to-rim. No, in yeah. May. Oh, no, oh, it's the like first week in June. That's right. Um, and so I was like, I can't... And I think this year it's actually end of May, but either way, like, it's still really hot at that time, and yeah. I wanted to do it earlier, but the North Rim doesn't open to vehicles until, like, mid-May or early May, so... Mm-hmm. You can't do rim to rim until then, and I was like, "Well, that's kind of the month of grad, like time of graduation for this year." And so I was like, "That's not going to work." So we end. Uh, yeah. so we're doing it in March, so it'll be nice because it'll be yeah. cool. And yeah, I think that. Yeah. Thank goodness, I was uh, like you said, Chris. It was like the heat is such a determining factor about whether you successfully get this done uh, in a reasonable amount of time. But the heat is for CF patients or people. It's really critical because of just the fluid loss and the salt loss that they experience it. It's really tough. So I'm, I'm really glad that it's a March hike for us because then we're just going to deal with yeah. actually cold weather and then just, mm-hmm. you know, physically holding off and you know, holding all of our stuff. And we, uh, you know, take all of our layers off and put it back on when our hike out. So, yeah. Yeah. This way too, you know, you'll, you'll get a, a sense for what you're getting into, you know, you mm-hmm. go down and you'll get a feel for the magnitude of, you know, how much distance that is and how much elevation that really is. And you just get a, a spatial feel for how big that Grand Canyon is, um, which, you know, in hindsight, like the first time I ever even saw the Grand Canyon was uh, the day before we hiked the whole thing. Um, and had I had I been a little bit more uh, aware of, like, the, the ruggedness of, of the trail and everything else in the Grand Canyon, I, I probably would have prepared a bit differently, so... You know, this is definitely a good way to keep yourself kind of exposed to enough of it. It'll definitely be challenging. And then, you know, if you want to do the full one at another time, you can, you know, how to plan and prepare for that. Mm. Yeah, that I saw, because I haven't been to the Grand Canyon. Well, I saw the north from the Grand Canyon for like a solid five minutes after my buffalo hunt. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad and I were like, okay, like we got it like the first day. Like, let's go see the north rim real quick. So we literally drove yeah. over walked out took like two pictures and I'm like all right we got buffalo in the car like let's go back so it was really funny but yeah we so that's the first time i saw it and i walked out i was like what did i get myself into oh, like this looks terrible it's yeah. crazy yeah okay yeah. so it is september and so it's i want to say about six months until the hike um and we did talk about how it is so hot out and it's not like ideal to go hike a mountain for however many miles right now and it's 100 degrees so how would you guys recommend to start training when it's still really hot out hmm. well um i think like you know probably the thing that chris and i would both say is anytime the way the best way to prepare for the grand canyon would be obviously just hiking so mm-hmm. the limiting factor being that it's so hot outside um, you know, you can't totally recreate what the actual trail is going to give you all that feedback. So, you know, for me personally, I remember when I started for the, the first time I did it, it was the same time of year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just hit the stairmaster as much as I could, which you know is not perfect. Obviously, it's it's, it's definitely assisted and stuff, but getting that repetitious, uh, <clears throat> getting that repetitious, you know, I don't know, just getting conditioned to that where you're just putting one foot in front of the other, uh, you know, driving with your legs, that kind of thing, over and over and over. Uh, the, the more conditioned you can get your body to that kind of uh, performance and, and that kind of repetition is, I think, going to help for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think leg strength is a big part of it in general. Um, you know, so anything you can do to strengthen your lower body, just strengthen your feet, strengthen your calves, your quads, um, you know, all of that, which doesn't necessarily need to be done on a trail. You know, you can do a lot of awesome things with your body weight, you know, air squats that's in the house. Um, like I was saying, even just getting on a treadmill and throwing the incline up as high as it'll go and just, you know, putting in some time. Um, but, you know, you're so limited when it comes to the temperatures. You just got to be creative with what you can what you can do for your overall, you know, fitness and, and, and body, just, you know, strength and conditioning in mm-hmm. a gym or in, in, in your house. Yeah. And how much yeah, distance um, for training um I know there's like, you know, formulas that people recommend, but um, obviously you guys have done it, so your kind of baseline is pretty good compared to the average person. But, um, you know, do you kind of calculate hours on a treadmill or do you try to aim for a certain number of miles, you know, per workout or per week? What's your kind of mm-hmm. formula that you would recommend? Um I don't, I don't know. I don't have a formula. I just, I know it's, I'm always going for time, not distance. Like, mm-hmm. uh, once I start hitting the trail or once I'm even just thinking about getting ready for the Grand Canyon, uh, even if it's just at work where I have a standing desk, I just want to stay on my feet uh, mm-hmm. for longer and longer and longer. And then when I start hiking, you know, I'll start with a two-hour hike, four-hour hike, six-hour hike, and, and go on. So, you know, that kind of thing. Because uh, that's really the biggest uh, thing, one of the biggest things that you're going to face is just being used to uh, being on your feet for a long time. And that, I think so many people... You know, we live pretty sedentary lives where we're sitting at our desk or in our car or on our couch. Um, we're not used to standing on our feet for hours on end. So um, for me, uh, that, that's kind of the formula, which is, yeah, I like to hike great distances so I can say, yeah, I hiked 10 miles today, but I would rather hike fewer miles. I just know that I spent a lot more time moving on my feet. Um, and and that, that in and of itself, I think, helps a ton. But, you know, I don't know, maybe Chris has a different... Uh, approach there i don't know no i i very similar i would say especially with the, the fact that you're starting now when it's hot and it makes it it makes more sense to be spending more time in the gym the one thing i've started to focus on the last couple of years um so i've done the rim to rim, to rim seven times and then did the you know rim to the river and back a few times before that so kind of a, like over nine years i've been doing this I've, i in the last couple of years i really started focusing uh especially early in the season on leg strength, just trying to get my legs stronger. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I come out of hunting season, and yeah, I've had a pack on my back, and I did a lot of climbing, but I feel like my leg strength actually doesn't, my uh, cardio gets better, but my leg strength actually declines a little bit. Mm. And especially when you're in a canyon, in the Grand Canyon, it's, I, I don't feel like it's a cardio event. I mean, your, your heart rate is going to rarely get up to, you know, that 60, 65, 70% of your max, it's kind of a, it's a low threshold of cardio. Plus, you get to stop and take a break anytime you feel like it. Right. So, you, yeah. to, you know, yeah. catch, your, catch your breath. 
So I just it started hitting me, and I was like, you know, I think this leg strength thing is is, uh, is, is more important than I've been giving it credit for. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, so I started spending a little more extra time on that, especially doing like lunges, um, mm-hmm. even even just walking lunges with body yeah. weight. And then if you take a take a big step and then drop down so your back knee hits the ground, and do that as many times as you can, and you realize, holy crap, you need like two minutes, and your your quads are burning and. <laughs> You know, it's a, yeah. I think, you know, lunges are, are a great exercise. I hate doing that then because then it can, uh, brings you back to the horrible memories of the switchbacks of the canyon. <laughs> and then you're just like, no! no! no That's yeah. 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 Yeah, the, the, other, the other thing that I think a lot of people, and I, I remember, uh, I think it was uh, two years ago, one of our uh, one of our friends, Ken Claremont, who uh, runs uh, the company Train to Hunt, he, uh, so he's a fitness, that's his life. You know, he's, he knows, mm. he probably has a better answer to that formula question than, than we do. But um, I remember I was talking to him before, you know, as we were preparing for the Grand Canyon, and I was dealing with some foot issues, and like, he was giving me some advice on what I could still do, um, low impact, that's going to help me. And he was really telling me to focus a lot on that kind of descending, uh, oh. that descending motion, you know. So the first you know, half of the hike, obviously, Jen is going to be going downhill for a really long time. Mm. And everyone thinks, everyone kind of overlooks that as like, oh, well, downhill, I'll just glide downhill. But to me, that's like the worst part. Yeah. Um, because at some point, you just get so sick of stepping down and the, the impact and your body weight that you're absorbing every time you do that. Um, we don't typically, in our daily lives, do that for very long. We're more likely to go uphill in more circumstances. So, I focused a lot on uh, like that descending weight, so kind of like uh, like lunges. Um, and there's a number of other exercises you can do that just slowly control that isolated leg movement in that downward motion and upward motion. Mm-hmm. Um, that that'll I think really help you just you know secure your your knees, your quads, all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's I think a perfect one to kind of start working on now being hot. So you can do that in your, your living room essentially. Mm-hmm. Had to get a kettlebell and just you know that kind of isolated. Uh, put your one leg up on a couch or something and just get deep, you know, in your squat down and, and standing up will help. Yeah, this is yeah. making me really excited to go. <laughs> like that. I know. Yeah. Yikes! Yeah, I worked out today. and We did like squats and lunges and stuff, and no, I just yeah, it wasn't that fun. So. You'll, 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 <laughs> I was just thinking about this, too. Carol, you might be a bit of an answer to this question, but too. I was thinking, like, for people with CF, you're going to be limited to how much cardio, how much how much you can really advance your, your cardiac capacity, your cardio capacity, because of the effects of CF. But you're probably not limited as much to how much you can develop your leg strength. Is, yeah. Would that be true? Yeah, yes. I mean, um, I can comment on that. obviously, like, our muscles aren't really affected by it. Uh, so developing, right. like, lower body strength definitely wouldn't be, like, as different, like, for you guys. It should be the same for you guys. But, yeah, cardio is definitely limited. Um, so you have to work – we have to work harder to build up our cardio. Um, but right. I have learned and, like, noticed when I train for a hike or anything at all – when I start working out more and work my cardio, then it tends to get better. So it, mm-hmm. I have to work it more, and it will increase. But yeah, the leg strength and everything isn't is not affected by it. So that wouldn't be hard to work mm-hmm. on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I know the guys that you know we hike with uh, in the Grand Canyon. Um, you know, Chris and I both do like CrossFit frequently, and mm-hmm. 
you know, I'll, I run a fair amount of that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's some guys that will hike the Grand Canyon with us that you can tell. They, they just, they're not cardio guys. No. But they're they're likely going to beat me or be right there with me because they're just, their legs are strong and they're just strong hikers. Um, mm-hmm. So it, that, that proves itself time and time again that, yeah, like Chris was saying, I mean, there's guys, there's people that run the Grand Canyon and for them, obviously, it's a cardio event. Mm-hmm. But for us hikers, it, it's more of that, um, that just slow, uh, you know, churning drive. So that's where, you know, your leg strength is definitely going to come in. Yeah. yeah, and basically I'll comment about the um, CF person hiking is dealing with the electrolyte imbalance that mm-hmm. they ex- especially experience because they just generally on a daily basis lose more salt than we do on, on sweating. But even your muscle tissue mm-hmm. requires more water um, to work fun- and mm-hmm. function well. So, um, and obviously CF people usually have somewhat dehydrated bodies really in general. Mm-hmm. And then when you put it mm-hmm. into work, um, the muscle's going to ask for more, uh, hydration, which you don't have as a CF person. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, for them, it's, you know, preparing the body for the stressors of the, the exercise, whether you have hot, you know, adding the heat to it is a whole nother element but um that's the biggest challenge I and mean, then no one really knows i mean you guys have experienced it i have too about you know you're you're drinking enough fluids you know that you know you're peeing enough your um you know your urine is you know clear and you're peeing every couple of hours so you know you're in pretty good shape but you know every once in a while you realize gosh i might be low on sodium and when you know yeah. one hike to another you might have the exact same hike um but from one instance to the other it might differ it might differ so these guys mm-hmm. with CF, they're going to be losing a whole lot more salt. So good thing Jennifer mm-hmm. has a G-tube. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's hard to drink throughout the hike, you know, all those hours on your feet and then just, you know, either yeah. stopping or just drinking along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer will have to stop and just, you know, bowl us some Pedialyte or some, you know, wilderness athlete stuff. Yeah, my G-tube goes straight to my stomach. It's literally just like a hole in my stomach. So it's nice that I can bowl us stuff if I'm not oh, drinking yeah. enough. So she'll be able to put salt sure. right in there and, um, and calories but, and water and like anything really. But like but yeah. the worry that I have about is whether she has too much salt, if she supplements herself too much, because no one really knows what their electrolytes are in when you're in the middle of your hike. And then when you start getting symptomatic, mm-hmm. you know, typically the low sodium is kind of similar to feeling dehydrated. You get a little dizzy, you get a little headache, uh, a little nausea, and that can be you know poor fluid so that could be a low sodium so you know it's just uh it's it's weird um just got to be prepared for everything and almost like okay i'll take a salt tablet and i'll take a glucose and i'll drink more water and then that's kind of like the solution for every symptom along the way mm-hmm. yeah 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 i i can uh, i mean I, I can relate and i can't obviously in mm-hmm. certain circumstances but like i know for sure this year i ran that salt issue a ton did you and uh you hit it on the head in terms of uh like not not being able to tell from one hike to the next what your salt, uh, like depletion is going to look like. Yeah. Because I normally am not like a heavy salt sweater. Like, you know, there's some people that when they sweat, you can just tell they're losing a lot of salt because you look at the sweat lines on their hat or whatever, and it's just, you know, white and crusty after it dries. Yeah. Um, but, but this year, uh, yeah, I, I, I got into hot water by losing, not replenishing my salt quick enough, so... It's definitely a key factor to pay attention to. Um, you know, I was just having this conversation with uh, 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 a friend of, of ours, Ryan Claremont, who um, he's done the Grand Canyon with us several times now, and he's uh, another fitness 
streak. And, and anybody who does this kind of thing and still, you know, just knows how important self can be, not just to your muscle function, but your, you know, your mental faculties and all that. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely something you got to pay attention to. But it's also part of the reason uh, why we do it. And, and I think part of the, the, the benefits that anybody who goes in there will get out of it is just that kind of relationship and understanding of your body's needs and how you're going to react and how to address certain feelings and um, that kind of thing is, is kind of what it's all about too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I yeah, remember. No, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I think I think what just what like what Kevin was alluding to is that all of us have a base, you know, all of us have different physiology going on, and you know, we sweat at different rates. We, you know, we react to to move blood sugar differently. We've, everybody's got, you know, our signals are a little bit different. Our levels are a little bit different. And that's where I feel like the, the importance of doing, like, uh, a really, you know, start doing long hikes and getting mm-hmm. preparing for the canyon, uh, you know, get, getting up to that 8 or 10 or ten hour mark mm-hmm. where you're just out there with just you and your pack and whatever you've got in there and start figuring out which, how your body's going to react to that kind of stress and then, be able to address the need uh, mm-hmm. before it becomes a problem. Um, I really don't think we do 20-mile training hikes, uh, but I don't actually think I'm, my body is getting better. I get better at listening to my body through those kind mm-hmm. of longer training hikes. That's a good point. I don't think those big, yeah, those big long hikes, I don't think they're actually necessary to get ready physically for the canyon, but to get mentally ready and to, to kind of understand how your body's going to react you know, 10 or 12 hours or 8 hours or, in our case, you know, up to 20 hours. Um, that's just the most, one of the most important factors in those longer training hikes as you get closer to the camp, to the to the actual day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, like, hiking long hikes. I know before my parents left, they did, like, a 16-mile hike on Mount Baldy. And, um, so, just once, though. We did yeah. that a couple weeks before the... The, the, yeah the, the big hike yeah so do you guys like recommend like just getting out there and hiking even if you can't find like maybe if you can't find a trail that's like 20 miles long to maybe hiking the trail more than once and just like getting oh, yeah, out there yeah. like just to get the time and the miles mm-hmm. under your belt so you kind of understand what you're going to go through yeah definitely i i did that so the first year i did it i lived uh, on the on the west side of the phoenix valley and i didn't have all these like super super long trails that i have access to now Mm. I had a little, uh, the Thunderbird Conservation Park right there yeah. north of 101. It's got like a five, like a three or five mile loop. Mm-hmm. And uh, one weekend I was, you know, getting it, I had never done it before. And I knew I kind of had to, I've been hearing guys talk about, got shocked the system, you know, hiked for a long time, that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, had, I hiked that thing like four times, like four laps, and it was boring and monotonous. But, uh, you know, it, you, you kind of find a way to, um, do what you got to do, and I think like people say, shock the system. But like Chris said, it. I think the shock the system is more about just preparing your body, your mind for what your mm-hmm. body's going to feel. So you go into the real event with the confidence, knowing that okay, I've been here before. Um, you're, you're probably not going to feel the same stress response to it because you know you've been there before. You know you can handle uh, hiking for six hours or eight or nine miles or whatever the case may be. Um, and it's it's really such a mental such a mental event. The mm-hmm. such a mental thing. I mean, being surrounded by the Grand Canyon and just knowing the distance over in the time, um, your mind definitely the the more important thing to have on your side. Your body obviously is important too, but 
if you don't have it upstairs, uh, then you're going to have a, a long day. Yeah. How how often do you guys do those long hikes before you go on the big hike? Well, we I used to do I used to do like three or four of them. You know, mm-hmm. twenty miles. We we actually even did a thirty mile one year. Then I felt like we all felt like it took us two weeks just to recover from that. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't uh, it wasn't advantageous. But this past year, I think I probably only did one or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Mostly because I feel like I I feel like I I understand what you know where I'm at. You know, because I've done it enough enough times. But I would say, especially for doing you know, rim to the river and back to be to do uh, three you know three hikes that are in the six to eight hour range. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and then and then certainly by ten days out is when you you definitely want to like taper down. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let, let your let your body fully recover. Uh, but I don't think I we don't appreciate just how important sometimes that recovery process is and how long it might take you to for your body to basically get back to one hundred percent. When you're when you're training hard, you're constantly in that kind of that breakdown phase. And you definitely need to give your body a chance to recover and, and just feel light on your feet again. And, and uh, so, you know, tapering, you know, 10 days out, I think, is, is really important as well. Mm. And during that 10 days, do you recommend, like, kind of not stopping altogether, but just doing, like, a little bit, of, like, little hikes? Like, maybe that would be, like, what, like a week and a half? So, like, two or three, like, just little hikes just to make sure you're kind of still good or, like, kind of stopping altogether? Uh, yeah, I would say, yeah, like, moving around is good, you know, like, you know, don't push it, but stretch. I focus on stretching. Like, yeah, because stretching is such a yeah. stretching is such a hard thing for me any day of the year. And I, you know, the, like the probably yeah. the most concentrated I ever get on stretching is ten days prior to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. So that's not good. I know. But, um, I think it helps because you know uh, Chris can tell you like when you're on your feet and you're, and you're doing repetitious things for a long time. You're going to start to feel things that you that you never realized were problems, like your IT band or your yeah. Achilles heel yeah. or yeah. Uh, or your Achilles tendon or your or you know patella tendon or just something you know. And a lot of those things can be made better by just being limber and mobile and uh, being active. And so you know, in that ten day window, um, I think that's probably the best thing that I could recommend is just stretching. Uh, like this year, personally, I. Uh, you know, normally throughout the year, I was doing like like CrossFit like four or five days a week, and then trying to hike some days in there too. And but this year, like ten days prior, I uh, I stopped. Like I didn't do anything. Um, I started. You know, I did a little bit of like high intensity, like interval stuff, just body weight stuff, like air squats and mm. that kind of stuff, just to keep the blood flowing. But primarily, just focusing on stretching, mm. um, which is which is definitely I think what you should be doing, regardless of everything else you're going to do. You know, if you want to, you know, go for little hikes around, like, around the block or something, there's obviously nothing wrong with that. But, um, you know, I think stretching is going to be your best friend for sure. Yeah, yeah that's good advice. Yeah. That's really true. Yeah, and especially yeah. I, for, like, people who don't hike a lot, I know I get the same cramp in one of my legs. Uh, mm-hmm. It usually kicks in at about a mile. <laughs> um Every, it depends. On, it depends on the hike, but it'll start like I can feel it a little bit, and then a little bit like around three miles. It honestly depends on the hike. Like I did ten miles on Balding, I didn't feel it at all. But couples every once in yeah. a while, like I'll start feeling it, and then it gets to the point where I can barely walk on my right leg because it just hurts so bad, and I have to kind of swing my leg around because when I bend it, it yeah. just like cramps up so bad. And so, yeah. um, I definitely would say for people who don't hike often to 
hike a lot and stretch for sure because you never know when that cramp's gonna pop up because it sucks and especially Mm -hmm. like i get that in my leg almost every single time i hike now and it sucks and it's so painful and it's kind of once you get it it's hard to make it go away especially if you're very early on in the hike yeah that's good to identify those weaknesses so that you are prepared and do the proper training Mm -hmm. so you can avoid it yeah um yeah three years ago well, it was like three years ago, I think. I was uh, we we're in the in the river and I made it all the way across, all the way back to Indian Garden. So I was like halfway up the south rim, and I was looking at my watch, going, "Man, I am crushing this thing." I, <laughs> I mean, I was I was way ahead of my fastest time, and I felt great. I mean, I, I just felt awesome. But I I literally I literally having this conversation in my own head about how you know what a stud I am and how right, right. I am. And, this is I'm doing awesome. I'm crushing this thing, and they left Indian Gardens to do the final, the final big push up to the South Rim. And 30 minutes later, my IT band started to flare up a little bit in my right leg, and it's just a, a, across the outside of my knee. And 30 minutes later, I thought I might have to be rescued oh, because no. I couldn't. I could barely lift my right leg. And it hurt every step, hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. And I just I had to say to myself, okay, I didn't injure anything. I didn't fall. I didn't twist. I didn't do anything. Whatever this is, it's inflammation, and all I can do is just keep moving. And it, it, I went from having what I thought was going to be the greatest experience coming out of there to <laughs> probably one of the most miserable. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's all because of lack of stretching. You know, yeah, just, man. You know, That'll bite you. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just so important, mobility. To, and it like, happens so fast, and all of a sudden you start feeling it, yeah. and it's there's no going back once you feel it. It's like, oh, crap. No. Right. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, no, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. it took me three or four weeks, you know, with that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, this is uh, just as easy as it is to focus on, uh, just like, Jen, like, the, like the, the cramp that you get now mm-hmm. about a mile in. It's easy to focus on those, the, the little issues, the things that you feel now and that you kind of, are aware of, mm-hmm. um, but there's always going to be little things that you didn't realize or, or that you didn't realize would cause you a problem. So, mm-hmm. you know, stretching even the muscles and tendons and ligaments and parts of your body that feel fine now. Yeah. Um, you know, just like a full body, you know, find like a, gosh, on YouTube now there's so many awesome like yoga routines, like full body uh, mobility routines that would be really beneficial to get in the habit of. Mm-hmm. Um you know, something that you're going to wake up in the morning and spend 20 minutes doing and then do again some point in the, you know, the, the day maybe before bed. Because mm-hmm. um, I, like, this last year, um, you know, I I had numerous issues, like, with my legs, my lower back and stuff, where, like, never in the prior month training, lifting, running, had anything ever bothered me in those areas. But, you know, after just repetitious, you know, pounding or moving one specific way, um, you know, they show themselves. So um, that would be something to keep in mind, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, stretching is very important. And like you said, it comes up in places you maybe you didn't even have, like, a cramp mm-hmm. or pain before. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was about to – my mom just, like, wrote me a little note, and I was about to ask that question. <laughs> um, so I know when I – um, start training for, I've only trained for like big hunts, never obviously for a hike like this. Um, I, uh, obviously I wear the shoes that I'm going to wear on the hike or on the hunt. Um, and 
I towards the end I'll start to put a pack on, but we all know like nothing's my pack anyway on the mountain. <laughs> That's right. Like it's in my dad's <laughs> pack. <laughs> exactly. It's um, just a it's just a so costume. It's just jewelry. for show. It's, it's like for down jewelry. it's for down jackets, like let's be honest. <laughs> but <laughs> so it's kinda like putting like a backpack on, um, putting the boots on because I know uh Timmy has gotten blisters from his boots. And the genius, like, hiked and got blisters and then ran back to the truck with his blisters. I'm like, that's smart, Tim. Um, but how, like, obviously it's important um, to hike with your gear. Uh, so do you guys, like, kind of start from the beginning hiking in your gear? Or do you, especially with the pack, like, when do you put a pack on? Mm-hmm. And do you, like, add weight to it? Uh, you do? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I, I think the, the way that uh, Chris and I both go about it is, like, you're always trying to, just go as efficiently as possible. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I'll always, I'll try to wear the pack. Like, like this year I wore, like, a trail running vest. So I spent, you know, I hiked and ran maybe six or seven times with that beforehand just to make sure I liked it and I was comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with my shoes. Not because I needed to break the shoes in, but just because, um, you know, I wanted to make sure they were, I was comfortable in them, but I knew how I was going to feel in them and they were going to work for me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we don't wear boots. We wear, like, really lightweight, like, trail running shoes. Yeah. Um, so it's a bit, you don't really need to break those kind of things in, you mm-hmm. know, like, especially with, uh, like, uh, you know, we wear ultras or whatever you end up wearing, but generally those, those shoes need so little break in now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just goes back to that comfort level of your mental confidence, your familiarity with your gear. And, you know, I've thrown this pack on nine or ten times. You don't want it to be the first time you threw it on, yeah. you know, heading down the Grand Canyon or you've laced up these shoes a bunch of times it's just less things to think about um when you're going into it i think is is the benefit to that mm-hmm. yeah and i remember yeah, getting, getting go ahead Chris. just get a certain number of miles in, in the shoes you're going to wear in the canyon too just to make sure that they fit right mm-hmm. you know that they and they fit your foot right your toes aren't mm-hmm. banging into the end like the the hardest thing about the grand canyon like kevin alluded to is that it's, it's a relentless downhill followed by a relentless uphill. Mm-hmm. And, man, that that downhill can be that downhill can be mm-hmm. devastating. Uh, you know, not just on your legs, but on your feet too. If, mm-hmm. if, your, if your shoes don't fit right, um, yeah. you know, all of a sudden your toes are constantly slanted into the end of your shoes, and you know, and, and people. There's been a lot of toenails that got yeah. left in the Grand Canyon. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Uh, you know, shoes are too small. Uh, but just figuring out where those uh, where those hot spots might you know might occur, mm-hmm. and either, you know I, I I think you tend to break your foot into a shoe as far as as opposed to your shoe breaking into your foot. Yeah, your your foot just gets right. used to the you know the friction points and it'll build up some little bit of calluses there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just knowing where those where those points might happen and addressing them uh, while you're training just makes mm-hmm. the the hike a little more pleasant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my- the other the other piece. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, the only other piece of gear that I think would definitely benefit you to train in is uh, trekking poles. Yeah. Um, so if, if, you're not, if you're not planning on using them, you should be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no matter if, how old you are, right, Chris? Or right, oh, Kevin? Yeah. No matter how old you are, yeah. Yeah. yeah so even uh, these young kids who Jen's... Jennifer's got these, you know, hopefully some of her friends are going to do this and, yeah. you know, they're going to probably run and skipping downhill, you know, and then no, they help yeah. so much. Like, I know it's kind of like, they this do. is old people stuff, but like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but they help no, a lot. And no, I remember that's... I didn't, 
I never used to hike with them. And then when I started training for my, uh, my first sheep hunt, my dad like gave me the stick and now I'll usually just use one. Just obviously I haven't started training Mm -hmm. a lot for the hike yet, but usually just kind of use one. Um, Mm -hmm. and it helps so much. You can, you're able, cause I think I kind of think of it as like a dog, like dogs have four legs and they Mm -hmm. get up everything so easily. And like Mm -hmm. when you have your sticks you're kind of like, you're able to use your arms to move more instead of just having your legs. So it kind of gives you that extra thing and it helps you a lot, especially going downhill. It takes a lot off your legs and your knees and then going uphill. It helps you kind of even it out into your arms a little bit to kind of get that dig in there. So it helps so much. Um, especially, oh, yeah. so if you're not planning on using them, you should definitely use them because they make a drastic difference and you're not going to look like, you're going to look like a loser if you don't have one, quite honestly, because everyone right. has hiking sticks. Yeah. And do you guys yeah. use two yeah. or yeah. one? I think most people oh, use two. two. Yeah. I would use, I would use three if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about, think about it. Like you said, Jen, like every little, I don't know how many pounds of your own weight you kind of take off your, you know, your descent or whatever, mm-hmm. but that accumulation adds up. That's just less, less impact you're putting on your, your body every time you take a step. Mm-hmm. Um, so it adds up. It's huge. It makes a huge difference. It, you know, the other things is like I've a number of times, uh, whether it's on a hunt or on the trail in the Grand Canyon, I've like tripped, you know, and fallen and I've saved myself with that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a huge, just a huge benefit too. But the other thing is, it's like cadence, like, uh, so, like, in the Great Canyon, sometimes I'll run a little bit, hike, run and hike, or even if you're just, like, power hiking, you just kind of find a much easier cadence, and you kind of get into that zone mentally, and it just helps you uh, lock it, and you cover a lot of ground without thinking about it so much, because you're just, you're in it. You just, you mm-hmm. hear that repetitious, like, cadence, and you feel it, your arms are moving, your hands are moving. So, all, you know, all around, certain older one of the greatest gifts we've got, I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's one thing I would train with as much as possible with two because yeah. you want to be, you want to know how to use them. You want to feel comfortable with them in your hands. You may even start to develop um, a little Callous. few calluses yeah. in your hands. Mm-hmm. and that, Exactly. Um, and that, that you would want to, you know, it'd be a good thing because otherwise you're going to kind of go raw in the, on the trail. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I, I know the boys will be kind of against using those, but it will for sure help them. Um, kind of back to like the shoes, Chris. You mentioned people losing toenails in the canyon. Um, <clears throat> this is obviously kind of weird to talk about and kind of a little gross. But my friend Haley Cowles, when she hiked the Grand Canyon the first time, um, <clears throat> she had hiked in her shoes and she was already at the end of the hike. Like she didn't lose her nail in the canyon, but a couple like I want to say like a little over a week out, she came over to our house and she's like, my toe hurts so bad. Like she can't get her tennis shoe on because her toe is like kind of swollen. And so my dad had to mm-hmm. actually drill the top of her toenail because she had like a bunch of swelling and like, she like had a blood blister, yeah, she had a blood underneath, blister underneath, her underneath her toenail. So my dad had to like Oof. drill a hole in her nail and get the, like the blood and everything out. <clears throat> so, um, do, yeah. so I remember my mom or dad talking about this. Do you guys like cut your toenails like a certain length before you go, so that way like the nail isn't like rubbing or whatever? Short, just short. I don't know. Short, and, and I, I try to keep them there because it's you, you could if you're not kind of maintaining it for months ahead of time, you you can cut them a little too short, right. and then and then you get that quick that that yeah. becomes painful. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's, Right. I, yeah, I pay, I pay a lot of attention to my toenails for about two months before the canyon. Just, just yeah. keeping, them, keeping them maintained. Yeah. Like a prima donna. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the, the other thing, too, and I, uh, 
Courtney, for some reason, Chris, maybe you, you remember, didn't Courtney have some uh, toe issue or something last year? I can't remember. Um, what, what I what I do, and I'm, I learned this the hard way, and I think she she learned this the hard way a little bit too, is uh, and this may not be as big of an issue, uh, but I, it's worth doing is just taping, taping your toes. Um, sounds weird, but taping your individual toes, like at least maybe you're big and you're and you're your, like, middle toe, I guess, because um, those tend, I mean, depending on the footwear you're wearing, if your toes have a lot of room, um, they rub together a ton, and you, mm-hmm. it'd be really easy to get blisters in between your toes, mm-hmm. and honestly, once you start to feel that hot spot, or once you start to feel that blister in the mm-hmm. middle of the hike, it's, it's probably a little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first year, I waited till midway, I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have an issue. When I started to feel the issue, I took my shoes off, taped my toes, and then after the hike, I ripped that tape off, and it came with a whole bunch of good skin, too. So, oh, no. Um, yeah, so to me, it, it, helps, it helps a ton. Like I said, everyone's a little bit, you know, unique because, you know, some people may not have that issue, but, um, you know, if you at all in your training hike feel like hot spots in between your toes or rubbing, I would say it's just, it, it makes too much sense to just go into it without even having to worry about it. Tape them uh, lightly, you know, with something that'll not like you know constrict your blood flow or something. Mm. Do yeah. you ever recommend the the little toe, um, like the sleeve. socks, the socks that have toe? Oh no, not even yeah. that, but just like the rubber toe cover. You know, I don't know if they call it a toe sock. Oh, you know what I mean? I think like that'd be really oh, hot. I've never seen those. Oh, you haven't? There's like no, they're like didn't. little condoms, not for your toe. Okay. <laughs> That's true. Like a little, a little toe on them. No, yeah, I've that's. Never seen that. You haven't. I, I brought it uh, the first time I did a, uh, the rim to rim, and I never used it. I had it in my pack in case, um, but mm-hmm. I never used it. But um, I've had a subsequent hike that I my toe was really bugging me. I'm like, oh, I need to pack that. So I'm going to bring that anyway. Um, Bob mm-hmm. and I are going on a, a another CF extreme hike. For extreme parents, for extreme reasons, or going through another extreme mm-hmm. hike, it's a 20-mile one in Vail up uh, 11,000 feet elevation. Oof. So, and I'm, I'm not quite ready for it. And it's got it's next week, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little nervous, a lot nervous about it. But anyway, I'm gonna definitely be bringing. So you're saying just to maybe tape the two your your big toe and your next toe over. Um, are you saying tape them together or just tape around the toe? No, itself? no, no. It, it, individual. Just yeah. tape around oh, the toe. Okay. Like just some one. Yeah, just so you have some. Uh, and like toe socks might cure that issue. I kind of go overboard. Like I wear those Injinji. I've been by a company called Injinji Toe Socks. Yeah, my dad but has in, the toe over, socks. Over no, that yeah. or like underneath that, I have, a, I have a roll of tape too. And yeah. um, if you're going to get tape, I highly suggest a Luco tape, which is, it's not cheap, um, but it's, it's by far like the best um, adherence you're gonna feel, and it doesn't like it stretches. So it feels like really good next to the skin. Like how I've you, taped up my heels. Um, how, how do you spell Luco tape? How do you spell Luco? L. I think it's L E U K O. Okay. It looks very medical. Um, <laughs> you can get it on Amazon. Um, L E U K. I'm just double checking. Yeah, L E U K O, and it's it's a lifesaver. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can keep it on your feet. Uh, it'll stick good, and you won't feel irritated or anything for like four or five days. Um, but it's, it's just high quality tape. It's better than just your standard, like you know, athletic tape. Does it like sweat off, or does it kind of stay? It usually mm-hmm. stays on. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's the beauty of it. Is it's got really good uh, adherence, and it it flexes with your 
your you know how you move so it doesn't like want to pull off mm-hmm. uh yeah I, I i i stocked up last year and bought like six rolls of it because i use it for a lot of different stuff wow but um do you guys yeah, have like, whether it's a hot spot on heel or somewhere else yeah do you tape your heels at all because i know timmy got blister and he never gets a blister when he hikes but do you ever tape your heels or do you kind of just like go with it <laughs> mm, i don't even remember honestly i think i might just just for just for you know to be a little overboard, I guess, but I don't, I don't know if it's necessary depending on your shoe. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, everyone, you got to kind of figure out your own thing. Some people get them, some people don't. Yeah. Do, do you tape your heels, Chris? Yeah, you know, I did last year because it seemed like I, I finally hit me that every single year at some point on the trail, I'm stopping and taping up a hot spot on my heels. So yeah. I said, oh, listen, I'll just go with it. In fact, I borrowed your legal tape <laughs> and <laughs> right. taped, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Taped my heel, yeah, taped my heels last year. And then never had to touch it again. So they, yeah. I, it, I, I would, for me, it, it's important. It's, I might as well because mm-hmm. I'm going to end up yeah. doing it. It's a lot easier to do it in the hotel room when your feet are clean right. and they don't stink and mm-hmm. and uh, and you're exactly. and you're not so stiff you can't even bend over. You know, it's mm-hmm. nice to be able to do it. Just go ahead and do it then. Yeah. Yeah, and typically when you're on the trail and you feel something that's kind of too late, if you got a hot spot, you got a blister. Yeah. You're just taping over a problem, and it's yeah. going to not help a ton. It's just going to suck taking that tape off. So mm-hmm. you might as well just tape it. Yeah. Do you guys bring an extra pair of socks with you, like in your pack? I I do. I, I usually pack, you know, at least one extra pair of socks and, and try to remember to, to change it out. And especially it seems like, you know, especially on the rim during the rim or any of you know, rim or anything in the Grand Canyon, it's like, Doing some maintenance like that when you're in the fight, it doesn't feel like you're just like, no, I'm not taking the time to do that. That's just like seems like too much work. Mm-hmm. But you just have to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like, it feels awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's just like you're, you're, you may not feel like eating, but you need to eat something. You know, just something. You know, and and it's like taking care of my feet is one of those things. I I just have to force myself. You know, like I just just move through it. But like Kev said, yeah, by the time you feel it. And the first, if you don't stop the very first time you feel it, you're going to end up with a blister mm-hmm. that's going to, even if you, you know, make it through the canyon and feel like it wasn't a big deal, the, the next day mm-hmm. it's going to be there, the next day and the next day, and then you, you know, you're dealing with it for two weeks after if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, it also just feels good to throw fresh thoughts on. Oh, it's, yeah. It's just kind of yeah. It does. It feels awesome. Food. Yeah. Just like it's food just in the canyon. Food, you know? It is. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Everything like, feels oh, great. Yeah. What else do you guys pack in your pack? Yeah, I remember Kevin on when we talked. Also, we, I did a podcast with Kevin and Coach B on wilderness athlete products, and so go check that out. And obviously, I would recommend using them on this hike because <laughs> they are great products, and that's what I will be training with. But Kevin, you mentioned yeah. training um, with the snacks that you're gonna have on them in the canyon. I keep wanting to say on the mountain. It's a canyon. <laughs> in the canyon with it's, you. That way yeah. your body's kind of used to it and you know kind of what that's going to do for you in the hike. Yeah. 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 I mean, you don't need to go overboard like, uh, you know, train like, you know, where you're, you're, you've eaten everything that you're going to have eaten or something. But just, you know, even if it's just throughout your day when you're snacking or whether you're going to go to the gym, try one of the bars or the the gel or the chews that you're going to take with you just so you know it agrees with your stomach mm. uh, or you know what kind of uh, what kind of boost it gives you or not you mm. know I mean that's really the main thing is I uh, you know some people have sensitive uh, diet sensitive stomach 
that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, it's just another level, you know, level of uh, security to make sure that you know how your body can respond to something. Um, I made that mistake this year. <laughs> so, uh, where I, I, not in the sense that I ate something that I didn't like, I just bought a whole lot of things. Uh, well, I should say, I didn't bring anything that didn't agree with me. So I brought several things that, you know, I didn't really love at home, like eating it, sitting here on the couch, I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the trail, I definitely didn't like it. So, you just end up not eating it. So, you just, you know, you want to make sure the snacks and stuff you're bringing are things that you, you absolutely love, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and they agree with you. Yeah. Um, that's definitely important. Mm-hmm. What do you guys, like, bring in your pack? I'm sure you obviously want to keep it light and keep it kind of... Yeah, okay, we, spend, we obsess about that for... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty comical if you were to come up, because what we do is we we we, we all stay in a, uh, the same hotel, the same hotel there in Tucson, and, and we start at midnight. So you, we're there the whole day before we start, mm-hmm. and it, it's starting about oh, 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you can, everybody's doors are open, you walk by, and everybody's got just all their stuff laid out on the on their uh, on their bed as far as you know all the stuff they brought but only a third of it's actually even going to fit in their pack but you know everybody mm-hmm. overpacks trying to get to try to dream up what you might you know really feel like eating but i try to keep i try to count the calories pretty hard and i know kevin kevin does too know <laughs> where i i you know i try to you you can only you can only your body can only break down so many calories an hour and it's somewhere you know around 200 calories per hour Wow. And if they're going to be there 20 hours, you know, that's 4,000. But I usually pack about five to 6,000 uh, calories just because, like what Kevin's saying, is, is there's times where all of a sudden bacon sounds really good to me. <laughs> and then two hours later, that's like the last thing I want. I just exactly. want, you know, something something sweet or, you know, or something different. Mm. Uh, but I try to stick with calorie, pre-calorie dense. You know, pack, I like to pack macadamia nuts. I like bacon. Um, I'll, I'll even pack a couple of hard-boiled eggs that uh, I'll eat pretty quick because it's just that's weight. So I just want to get out of my pack as quick as I can. Right. But uh, um, and then of course hydrate and recover from wilderness athlete. The thing, one thing I packed last year and was religious about was was meal replacement shakes mm-hmm. uh, from wilderness athlete because and I every time we did a water break. I would just mix one up real quick, it, and I really I felt better nutritionally this year. Didn't get nauseated uh, near as uh, near as much as I have in the past. What's in uh, this milkshake? One other thing, it's a it's a balance of carbs, uh, carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a good balance. Is it like forty, forty, thirty, Kev? Um, uh, something like that. Yeah, so like it's that. just a well balanced. It's basically a well balanced meal. It does have some fiber. Which you know you do need to get used to that in case you're if you're, if you're eating a low fiber diet and then you eat one of our meal replacements in the canyon you're gonna be really looking for that bathroom stop pretty quick yeah. and be careful yeah. so you you definitely want to train with that one um, and uh, and the one thing that's been like I won't be home without in the canyon now is uh, ginger uh, and I I like the crystallized ginger and it's just really good for nausea. If your stomach starts to feel, you know, start, you start feeling a little queasy, hmm. ginger just seems to just not calm that down so quick. And is it a tablet or is it like a, a lozenge? Like a, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, it's a, uh, 
like a lozenge, thing, like a gummy, a gummy mm-hmm. chew. Yeah. Um, it's called crystallized ginger, mm-hmm. and you can generally get it like Sprouts or anything you know, with those kind of stores. Mm-hmm. Can get, I'm sure you can get it on Amazon too. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's got a little bit of a sugar coating on it, um, and it's not real powerful. It's not that yeah. hot ginger taste, but you know it's you know it's definitely ginger. And you take a bite, and you're like, ooh, you know, it's definitely gingery. But it definitely yeah. it seems to calm calm my stomach down a bunch. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah um, this year, um, I, I, a friend of ours that was uh, with us, he brought uh, Fritos, Frito-Lays with like potato chips. I and <laughs> I thought, I thought I just discovered like the wheel. I, I don't know how no one ever told me to bring potato chips with me before, but that was like the best thing. We got to the North Rim and this super salty, vinegary, like mm-hmm. crunchy chip was just like, they hit the spot, so... You know, it's fun to bring. It's definitely, I think, important for me uh, to bring a couple little treaty things that, like, you know, the nutritional value isn't so important as it is just the, uh, I'm going to really use this as, like, a reward. Like, I'm going to eat this thing when I get to this point or, you know, just something that you can look forward to eating that's not necessarily, like, loaded with protein or something. But, you know, mm-hmm. at some point you need, you just need some good uh, calories, carbohydrates, things to keep your blood, you know, glycogen up. Um, and something that you're just going to really look forward to eating. And uh, sometimes potato chips or Snickers bars kind of hit the hit it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming you guys just bring, like, snacks along, not, like, or do you bring, like, a sandwich or something wrong, too? Or do you kind of just stick with snacks so you don't get, like, too full? The, the yeah, first year I, I did it, I, yeah, go, go for it. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't pack, uh, Sandwiches, stuff like that. I, I do. I, again, I try to stick to things that are a little more dense. Plus, you know, they, they keep their shape in your pack a little bit better than like mm-hmm. a little crushed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, me personally, and I mean, everybody's totally different. But I definitely uh, try to spend at least a, the month prior to the candy trying to get a little more fat adapted to where I'm, I'm limiting the amount of carbs I'm eating mm-hmm. and trying to get my body used to burning fast. Because again, the candy you cannot deliver enough food. Yeah. In a twenty-hour type event, you can't eat enough. You are going to be calorie deficit. Yeah, and yeah. the only way that those calories are going to come from your body is being able to break down fat efficiently. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something for me at my age, especially. It's it's helped a bunch to be to be fat adapted uh, and to, to bring more higher fat foods. Uh, it's yeah, a lot more calories per ounce anyway. Um, I seem to do better uh, on that type of food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the first year I did it, um, uh, me and uh, Nick Fisher, you might know Nick. I love he, um, Nick. Oh, I think he said he was going to do yeah. it with me this year. <laughs> I think he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, I'm sure you'll be in. I've been, so he did it with me the, uh, the first year, and, and he's been, uh, he's just been playing hooky ever since, but maybe you can get him back. But he, um, him and I both packed, uh, like, these bagels. We had bagel sandwiches with, like, bacon, honey, and peanut butter. We were just like, oh, this is going to be so good. They're loaded with protein oh and fat gosh. and that. And neither one of us took more than, like, two bites out of it. Yeah. You know, we just, we just, you know, you just at some point, your, your body doesn't want to spend the energy to break down that thick, mm-hmm. solid food, and you don't want to spend, you know, a mile and a half chewing it, and it just, just doesn't, you know, seem appetizing. But it kind of goes back to the thing where, you know, if you're training and you're going on these longer hikes and you're craving a freaking sandwich and a PB&J is just like the only thing you can think about, then maybe you should bring one, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, but 
but just for most, for me or for other people, it's just, I think it's, it's, it's typically not. It's just everyone's going to be a little different. I know I've read uh, some people's experiences where they, they tell you all the food they bring, and they do bring some some form of like, okay, they're going to stop for 20 minutes and have like a, a little meal, you know. And so everyone's got their own approach, and I think you got to find out what works for you, sort of in your training and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and regarding, like, breaks, because I know I'm a person who likes to take a lot of breaks, but mm-hmm. when I start taking a lot, like, more frequent breaks, it causes an issue because I never want to keep going again. Right. So, like, mm-hmm. how often do you guys take breaks? And, like, when you do take a break, how long does it tend to usually be? Mm-hmm. I think it varies. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, it's, I try not to break for any more than, like, 10 minutes. That would probably be the longest long, and that, I think I took maybe uh, this year actually on the north rim. I I sat there for like twenty minutes because I was having leg cramps like I've never had, and I was just dehydrated. It was uh, I was in bad shape, mm. um, so I needed to take like some extra time, not only to eat and drink, um, but just to kind of uh, recoup a little bit mentally. But beyond that, uh, it's usually like a five ten minute break, and uh, you know just long enough to kind of get fuel in you. And not long, not so long that you you're swelling and stuff starts in, and you start to get tight and you don't want to mm-hmm. move anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's a fine line, but um, you know I think you got to kind of listen to your body, and that's I think that's the most important thing is listening to your body because uh, one of the years uh, I think I I was I might have been with you, Chris. Remember that girl that was hiking up and uh, she was in bad shape, like she was really dehydrated, just the color was out of her face. She was not good and. Uh, at some point, we caught, we met back up with her, and she just sat down in the shade for a good 40 to an hour or maybe longer and uh, took in some electrolytes, had some food, and uh, bounced back and made it out of there, just, you know, just fine. And, and she had some hydrogen, I think I made her a Superman, or maybe it was just a hydrogen recover, and that brought the life back into her. But oh, um, yeah, you got to listen to your body. You don't want to listen to the people around you. You know, you don't try to keep up with somebody that's setting the pace you know you gotta listen to yourself because that's what it's about it's not about you know winning or something yeah um that's that's a quick way to get yourself into trouble is to try to like you know force yourself to go faster than you want to yeah that's such a good point yeah that's happened to me many times like um one story that i used to lost my brothers and i went on a whole family our whole family went on a hike and about a mile and a half in my brothers and i took a break for my parents to catch up with us and then another mile and a half in so at the three mile mark my brothers were like cranking it and i was dying but i didn't want to stop until mm-hmm. they stopped but they didn't know i was waiting for them to stop mm-hmm. and so i ended up having to take a break and cough for like almost five minutes straight because i couldn't breathe anymore mm-hmm. and i was just dying so that's definitely one issue i have is and i have to tell people with me on the hike like i'm gonna need you to take breaks because i may not say anything right. and i'm gonna need a break but if you guys look fine then i'm gonna like pretend that i'm fine so definitely yeah take breaks and like you said it is a fine line from when like you take a break and you're like okay i'm, I'm energized again let's go towards like let me just a little bit longer and then you kind of yeah. get all like lethargic and you're like okay wait but i'm really tired now so it definitely is a fine line so i would say when you're taking a break and once you start to feel good then go because if you push past that and you start to feel lethargic and like get really tired then it's kind of like an issue getting back into the groove of it yeah so yeah you said like mm-hmm. you said it is a fine line and just kind of yeah crank it out as fast not as fast as you can but like take recover. as little breaks as you need to recover and then get out and head out there again um yeah. oh yeah yeah one of the policies we have is we tell everybody when we have our group meeting is when you drop off the edge of the room to start you're you're on your own yeah you have to go with that mentality you're on your own 
because it really, everything you're saying is just so true. I mean, somebody, if, if you need a 15-minute break, you need a 15-minute break. If right. you're hiking with somebody who wants only wants to take a quick five-minute break, you're you're going to pay a price. And the mm-hmm. same thing is if somebody wants to take a half-an-hour break, and you know you're going to get stiff and everything, you mm-hmm. need, you know, basically what we give each other permission to just leave. <laughs> you know? Right, okay, right. Okay, you go ahead. I'll, you know, I'll, I'm going to run my own race here. Yeah, meet you. Uh, and the Grand Canyon is an event like that. It is an event that you kind of you have to run your own race. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for sure. Not not feel pressured to keep up or or pressure to slow down. I mean, that's, I think it's almost harder to slow down sometimes and be constantly waiting for somebody. It's, oh, it's yeah. mentally a grind on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, do you guys like listen to music or like anything while you're hiking? I listen to music. My dad listens to podcasts. Um, or you can listen to this podcast while you're on the right. hike, you know, if you really want to. Um, but do you guys, like, have anything particular that you listen to? I know sometimes my dad, like, I'll be hiking, and he'll be like, what are you listening to? Like, you're hiking, like, really well. So if it's music that'll, like, hype me up, then I'll hike more or, like, faster. But is there anything that you guys listen to, like, while you're hiking? Yeah, I like books on, sure. I like books on tape. Yo, yeah, mm-hmm. Jim's a music guy. I'm more of a, I like books on, uh, books on tape, you know, Audible, uh, Mm-hmm. Audible books um, and, I, and like mysteries, murder mysteries are yeah. <laughs> are my favorite because I can just get into them, you know. It, wow! And uh, I like just kind of, I don't know. I I just enjoy listening to those. I can I can remember all just about every book I listened to in the Grand Canyon because it, it, there's all these memories that go along with that book. Yeah, yeah, I get those. Yeah, yeah cool. music is probably my number one but there's definitely I think uh, a couple of years ago listened to uh, the Shoe Dog by Phil Knight and that one that right. was a really good one that one I think got me through the Grand Canyon because I was I was hurting real bad at one point and um, yeah that story was just really well narrated and uh, everything so that one that one helped a ton mm-hmm. yeah I think I'll definitely have to break it up because music can only exactly. last for so long then you kind of get bored um, exactly. Yeah. 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 You got to have a couple things, options, maybe a handful of podcasts, mm-hmm. a book or two, and some good songs downloaded. So you got, you know, you got options. Cause I, I'm the same way. You get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as kind of all the questions I have, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you guys maybe want to talk about, um, touch on that you think is important for the Grand Canyon? Gosh. You know, I think the the main the main thing I would the only thing I would say that we didn't really touch on and there's really not a whole lot to say about it is like the mental side and, mm-hmm. and I think the best thing you can do mentally is uh, remind yourself in the middle of the thing just to, to slow down and enjoy it and yeah. enjoy where the hell you're at. There's people from all over the world that travel just to come see it, hike it, and it's uh, I think we take it for granted a lot. Um, That's right. Sorry, I'm at the office and the freaking phone's ringing over here. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I think that's helpful to keep you sane and to keep your mind uh, in a good place. It's just to explore where you're at and realize that you're going to get out and it's going to be, you know, you're going to look back on this thing forever. And uh, I think that's a good way to just, you know, sort of keep your mind in a positive place. That's mm-hmm. really, that's really important. That's yeah. true. Because it's, it's half the battle, more than half the battle is the mental uh, tenacity yeah. to get through a, mm-hmm. a rim to rim to rim. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. whatever hike, honestly. Any hike, that's right. Just like your mountain. Any hike. Yeah. Even hunts. the mentality that I want to get out of my friend's head is that, oh, it's just like the south from the Grand Canyon or like, 
it's just like going down and back up and the bottom's flat. Like I just don't want them to, and I'm trying to obviously not do that for myself as well, to just go in mm-hmm. expecting the hardest, expecting the worst out yeah. of it, expecting to get cramps everywhere, expecting to like yeah. get dehydrated and nauseous and like all of those things just so that if that doesn't happen, it's like, okay, like that wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah, and that's a good way so to not only it. the mentality of like enjoying it in the moment, but preparing yourself mentally, like this is going to be one of the hardest things we're going to do. And that way you go mm-hmm. in and if it's a little bit easier than that, it's like, okay, like even if it is one of the hardest things you've done, but you expected worse, it makes yeah. everything so much like kind of better, especially in the moment. Um, if you're like, wait, I always yeah. thought this be a little, little bit worse. And so I that's definitely good. think if you are going to hike and if you're kind of hiking with me, please have the mentality of this is going to be hard because if you go in with this is gonna be like okay like maybe i'll be fine and then it's hard for you that's gonna definitely i feel like cause an issue so mm-hmm. that's one of the things that i'm trying to like get out of my friend's head is like i need and no friends like specifically at all i just like when i inter- introduce yeah. it to them i'm like this is going to be one of the hardest things you're going to do and i want you to think of it that mm-hmm. way because if you go in thinking this is going to be okay, like this might be fine, then you might have some issues. Because I know I've had a friend that like yeah. went in like, oh, this is all mental, didn't train very hard. Yeah. Yes. He's barely made it out of the canyon. So yeah, it is yeah. mental, but it, you do need to be in shape. So um, yeah. start training. Like uh, yeah. they said, there's a lot you can do. Like I said, we live in Arizona. And so if you um, live somewhere you can hike, that's great. If not, and you live in Phoenix where it's freaking hotter than the surface of the sun, um, then do stuff inside, do lunges, squats, what they were saying earlier, um, just to get your legs in shape. Cause I did say it is more legs than cardio. So, um, definitely do that. I know I will be doing that. I won't mm-hmm. be happy while I'm doing it, but I'll be doing it. Um, and yeah, so thank you guys for coming on here. And if you guys want to come hike with me, I would be very glad to have you there. Or if you just want to not do that and then do your yeah. own rim to rim to rim, that works too. <laughs> um, but yeah. And also, Use Wilderness Athlete products. Um, I, you can order them online. Um, I will link them in the show notes because they have awesome products. I love using them. My whole family uses them. I bought more stuff a couple days ago. Yeah. And I've been thinking about it right now, and it tastes so good. I'm going to go grab a Hydrate and Recover because I have practice after this, and I will drink that before I go to practice. Um, but definitely, um, um, I would recommend using theirs. If not, get the stuff that you want to use on, in the canyon. I keep wanting to say on the mountain. It's in the canyon. Get the stuff that you're going to use in the canyon and start getting ready as much as soon as you can. And so you're really ready for that canyon. Yeah. Well, so thank you guys so much for coming on here and talking to us. Thank you, Mom, for uh, replacing Dad. I kind of liked it a little bit better. <laughs> oh, good. Let's tell Dad that. <laughs> Don't tell him I said it. I'm going to have to edit that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, thanks, Chris. And thanks, Kevin. It's awesome. Yeah, you guys had a yeah, lot of great absolutely. input. Great absolutely. tips. And you're, yeah. you've motivated us. So, yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah. Good. Well, I think I, I might be uh, joining you guys. Um, Yay! Awesome. I mean, yeah, Carly. Yeah. I, Carly asked me if uh, if I think all of them are. I'm not sure. I think you yeah. do, right, Eddie? Yeah. That yeah. would, yeah, you, that would be so awesome. Eddie oh my gosh, that is oh, fabulous! Yeah, I forgot Eddie was coming. Yeah. That is so great. It's yeah. going to be a blast. Yeah. So, and if you want to go and you haven't signed up yet, please sign up. Yes. Um, the go to the CF Foundation is website is on there i will link it in the description it's also if you follow me on instagram and it is um my main instagram not my uh podcast instagram it is in my bio and i have a video on my igtv that explains it's five minutes it explains basically everything that you should need to know on there um so if you want to do this uh for the cf foundation part of it with our group um please check that out i will like i said i'll link What's it the name of your team 
Um, Gen Warriors. Okay. It's the name of my team. So if you want to hike with my team, or you can make your own team, whatever you're feeling, like mm-hmm. no pressure to hike with my team. We're all going to be hiking the same place anyway, so you can have your own team. Um, and so, yeah, if you mm-hmm. want to do this and you want to check it out, check out um, the CF website, or you can go on my Instagram and watch that video. It's only five minutes. It uh, talks about everything that you should need to know. And the fundraising that goes yeah, along, along with it. Yeah, there's fundraising that goes along with it. $3,500 per hiker. And so that like pays for your trip. And obviously the money will also go to the CF Foundation uh, to help research a cure. So there's that. And also you do need to be over 18, 18 mm-hmm. or older mm-hmm. to go on the hike um, as of the day of the hike. So uh, yeah, that's kind of basically it. Uh, like I said, check out that video if you want to do that. And yes, again, thank you guys for taking the time out of your day to talk to me and giving me of such course. great advice because I definitely needed to hear some of that. Um, so yeah, hopefully I'll get to see you guys soon and hopefully won't die in yeah, the canyon. All right. exactly. uh, but yeah, thank you guys again so much and I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. All right. Okay. Take care. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, well, that was great. That yeah. was great talking to them. I definitely learned a lot. Yeah, um, I did too. About stuff that, especially because they've hiked it so, like Chris said, like what, like seven times. Insane. Insane. Yeah, so they, I will learn a lot from them. And like I keep saying, if you want to do this hike, please sign up. Uh, we still have spots open. Um, and there are a limited amount of spots the CF Foundation has reserved um, to hike the Grand Canyon. It is 17 and a half miles. Um, it's along the south rim of the canyon. I forget. It's like South Phantom. Hold on, let it's let down Ka- Kaibab um, to Phantom Ranch and then up Bright Angel Trail. Yeah. 17.5 I think miles. 17.3, actually. Oh, okay. So if that point two miles was was, was Yeah, well, you'll feel it. There, you'll be okay. Um, but yeah, so check it out. Please uh, go see the link in my bio. Um, yeah, South Kaibab, Phantom Ranch to Bright Angel. Um, it'll be fun like i said it's in march so it won't be super hot yeah it'll be good it'll be cool yeah actually. and my whole family's doing it like you said they're probably gonna do it so it's gonna be a lot of fun i'm really excited um and yeah and if you are going please start training i don't want anybody to have a huge like struggle on the mountain i've heard stories about what happens in the mountain and also um i've heard from people <coughs> mountain is a canyon. canyon oh my gosh i'm sorry yeah I'm so used to mountain like mountain hiking but in the canyon stories happen in the canyon um and i've heard like if you need to get rescued, like, they will only rescue you if it's a huge, um, like, a huge thing. Oh, also, I didn't mention that we are going back, like, down and out in one day. Uh, yes. So, it is not an overnight mm-hmm. thing. And so, if you are struggling, sometimes they'll make you spend the night in the canyon and then hike and, out the next day. And they can't. It's not even yeah. an option because you have to have a permit to spend the night. Oh, they won't let just you. just kidding. You'll have to hike in the middle then, of the night. Yeah, you'll have to hike through the night to try and get out. So, please be in shape. Be ready for the canyon. Um, and... If you need, like, if you need to get rescued out, like, it's not, don't chill there being like, hey, like, maybe let's come rescue me. Like, no. it is a huge thing to get rescued, and it's very rare. It's only, like, if you're having a heart attack where they can nope. rescue you. Right. So. I mean, barely, Jen. I mean, yeah. I, like, it's, don't even advertise that, because it's, it's like, seriously, you go down at your own risk, and that's what, there's, like, signs on there. Yeah, there's signs. Says, Stay hydrated. Bring water. Is there water in the canyon? Yes, there is. Yeah. So, um, but not a know, lot though. Not to scare y'all. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be so much fun. But it's a blast. It's a great. If you do decide event. to do this um, with the CF Foundation, March twentieth uh, to the twenty second, those are the dates twenty twenty. If you do want to do that, please contact me or even just sign up. You don't even have to contact me. Um, mm-hmm. Just sign up, uh, and I can't wait to see who all is gonna go. Um, I'm very excited, and I am too. yeah, it's gonna be so much fun. Uh, in the moment, I'll probably regret it, but you know, afterwards, it's going to be great. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so like every endeavor you do, it's always awesome to be on the other end of it. Yeah. So please check that out if you want to do that. Uh, and thank you guys for listening. It, um, 
<clears throat> thank you guys for listening and please leave a review and comment or contact me with anything maybe anything you want me to talk about anything you want to hear literally any feedback at all i love hearing from you guys uh it would all be great so um thank you for listening and if you have been coming back to listen thank you that means so much to me um and yeah because you know life is short and so am i and i'm trying to make the most out of every day and i hope that you guys do too i hope you all have a great journey and you make it an epic one well you better know the bottom if you want to be a climber Cause there's always another one a little bit higher Just when I think I'm finally done I'm staring at another one So I reach down deep and I lace them up tighter It was only a mountain Nothing but a big old rock Only a mountain Just took a little step, right then, a left, then a couple million more.